meaning a long message, and that's, that's to bless you, Ned, that we don't have to sit too long. Um, so uh, that's the title, Be Yourself, Part 1. Um, the other title that I also thought of is The Big If and Then of the Gospel. So you'll understand uh, where I'm going uh, just now, but uh, I, I want us to look this morning at how we can be ourselves in the way that God created us to be. And so in one sense, you're going to hear, don't be yourself, and you're going to hear, be yourself. And it's like, but what are you saying now, Ruan? I'm, be yourself. But we can only really be ourselves when our eyes are open to who God says we are. And that's, that's what I want to ask you, even as you sit and listen, and maybe something that I'm saying is like, I, I understand with my mind in some ways, but I know I don't see completely. Ask the Lord, zip it open for me, please. Just zip this understanding open to that I can understand it to a greater degree. And the beauty of God is that He, he doesn't expect us to see everything at once. He takes us on a journey so that we can mature, just like a father does with his children. Colossians 1 verse 28 speaks about this where Paul, uh, in the whole letter to Colossians, he, he reveals kind of this, uh, the people were, that were tempted or they, they were confronted with a religion that was based on a bunch of do's and don'ts, the, the Jewish um, uh, or the Judaism, where they had a bunch of laws that they had to do so that they can come close to God. And then the other religion was uh, very myst mystic Greek gods where people had to understand secret knowledge. And there were certain rights to appease the gods so that they can have the peace of that God. But they never really knew if they were doing what they're supposed to do. And so it was this ever-ongoing works that constantly paid for your sins, and on this side, works that in some way need to get you to the next level, experience to get you to the next level, and there was secret knowledge, mysteries. And in verse 27, the verse just before this, Paul comes and says, the mystery is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And when he speaks of that mystery, it's not a secret that's only for a select few, it's a secret ready to be revealed. It's like, it's a mystery. You've got to seek it, but God wants to reveal it. It's like telling your child a secret. It says, do you have a secret? And you don't, need, you, you, you don't have to wait too long until you know the secret. They just have to say it. They have to reveal what they know. And then sometimes they say, I don't know that this and this and this happened. You know, it's still in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the way of saying they've got to reveal something. And, and, and that's, in a sense, how God, he, it's, it's hidden in one way, but it's ready to be revealed in the other way. And here this, Paul comes and says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And so the aim of the gospel, the aim of the work that Paul and the early church had, as he wanted to see people, God's created children, to grow up in the knowledge of Him, to become more like Him, to, to, to be like Him on earth. And he says, the way we do this is we 
we proclaim Jesus. And it's got a proclamation, it's got teaching, it's got warning, it's got all those aspects in it. But the aim is, we want you mature. And from eldership, uh, eldership side, that is our desire, that we together follow Jesus in this way that we grow up and we become well-matured representatives of Jesus, of God. Children of God, you're in this valley, you're in Paul. That when people look at this community, we don't exactly understand how they work. We don't exactly understand why they love like they do, or why they are joyful like they are, or why they are as stable as they are, steadfast, faithful, all of that. But it sure looks something like what Jesus spoke of. And that's exactly what God wants to do on the earth through His church. He wants to reveal Himself. And he does that through his family. We have spent some time in Colossians. And one of the big things uh, that you see is the way that Paul describes what God did. The message. The, the account. And it's very much uh, in those days as today is that we are... In a conflict, a conflict of interest, conflict of news. I mean, uh, maybe some of you are one of those avid news watchers, and it's just on Al Jazeera, CNN, uh, what CBS, and uh, all the different news channels. And I've got some family members that, you know, they watched it, all the news channels, to such an extent that they are so fearful and so anxious and so because of all the bad stuff that's going to happen in the world. Because nothing sells like fear. No. Nothing sells like that sensation. Nothing sells like there's something bad that's going to happen. But, and and uh, we, we are confronted with a world that wants to give news to us. Tell us news that has happened and how we need to adjust ourselves to that. And then on the other side, we are confronted, or we are in the conflict where there's news from God. God's news. Good news. He also wants to tell us what has happened who we are, and how we need to adjust ourselves. The world's news comes from a place of, and it's real. They want to they tell us what's reality, that's, that's, and that's our desire. We want to know what's really going on. And so we've got reporters from different angles. They tell us this is what happened. And, and in some ways, the, 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 the world is telling us of the historic events, developments historically, and it really happened. Our scientific developments and uh, discoveries, medical discoveries. And I mean, especially lately with the COVID stuff, it's like ongoing. Every week there's new discoveries. And so we are watching the news to, to kind of help orientate ourselves so that we know how we can move into the, uh, uh, into the future. Financial news. We want to watch what's happened and what is busy happening so that we can make the right investments or, or spend our money right. And so all these news that we are looking and watching to see what is happening and what did happen so that we can live right. And that we, we, we listen to the news and we want to believe the news so that we can be more successful, healthy, prosperous, have more peace have more uh, a sense of stability. That's why we listen to the news. Watch it. 
Research it. Yuck, and there's so many developments, psychological developments, religious practices. I mean, the world is full all the different, how religion has developed and the need. I mean, I know for some of you it doesn't feel like that. But today, our society is more religious than in the past. It's different religions. But, I mean, everyone is speaking of meditation. Having, you know, and so it's maybe not centered around Jesus, but we are religious. We worship ourselves, we worship money, we worship Oprah, we worship the news, we worship, we worship, we give our attention and we redirect our actions, we adjust ourselves accordingly. We are very religious. So too with the Colossians. And so we, we trust in the professionals. We trust in those who have studied, who have spent time, who have got the experience, and who are giving us news. And uh, I'm not here to bash, because probably most of it is well-intentioned and really from it that we want to help. But having all this news, having, knowing all this news, and uh, having, uh, having got like history behind us and, and, and all the projections we probably as a society have never been so poor, never been so sad, never been so fearful, never been so dysfunctional, never been so addicted, never been so broken. I mean, it's just with all this news to be right, we are so wrong. And everyone knows it. Everyone cries out for it. There are wars as we are. There are uh, broken families. I mean, we are all surrounded with it. You just go to schools, educational system that that wants to find its way through to to raise up young children, but the family systems are always so. When you go to schools, it's broken homes all over. Some of you have been affected with it. God has in some way been taken out, but we know what is reality. We have, we have, we have got all the facts and all the history and all the, the discoveries. And so this is the one side, bombarding us. And it's like the current that Cassie mentioned. It's, it's blowing like this water, and we see with the rivers now. If you go through the river, it's like this current that's pushing you into a direction. I'll never forget, I was a little boy of... I think we were like seven or so, and I went with our neighbors. It was my, my best son, Mikey, and his dad was a headmaster, big guy, and, and uh, I mean, we got a hiding a few times, so I, he was a good headmaster when it comes to <laughs> discipline, but he, he took us one day just after the rains there in Gauteng, and we had this, uh, what, what do you call a sprite in English? A sprout, yeah. <laughs> Sprite. Okay. But in any case, a Sprite. But there was a river, and this river was in flood. And so he said, let's go. And he was this kind of real manly guy wanting adventure and going for it. And so we went to go and see how strong this river was. And it was strong. So he says, come, let's go to the other side. And I was like, yes, this is like, I mean, you can see now. We step in, but now he's obviously an adult. My little seven-year-old heart is like, oh, this is... 
and he takes my hand and he, he takes us through this river and you can feel the current where you sometimes when you when your feet slips and you you're actually going down and he's got you in his hand you know and he come 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 and it was just such an exhilarating day that day's like wow we went and go back home wow we went through the river and I almost drowned and I almost this and it was just like the life of a six-year-old what happened and I sometimes feel like the current of the world is like pushing, pushing in this way. And, it, and, and it's not always very violent in its, in, its, in its communication, but it's violent in its force behind it. Be more this. Be more this. You've got to do this. You've got to be like this. You've got to dress like that. You've got to weigh that much. You've got to wear this makeup. You've got to look like this. Have these pics. Have that. Have this amount of money in your bank account. All these things. You've got to... And all pushing a kind of mold, a kind of way of life that is acceptable, that is right. And the problem with that message, as we know, is it's all centered around self. It starts with self, how, we, how self needs to work and be successful and be this and be that, be right. And at the end, self is still sad. It's that self-righteousness in one sense. And we, we, society tends to become like a, a dog chasing its own tail. And it ends up, you know, and we've got a little puppy now, so yeah, I frequently see this tail as a new thing for her, you know. And she, and until she gets it, and then she's left with a sense of pain, <laughs> a sense of disillusionment and dissatisfaction. It's not what she thought it was. It's not nice. It's not... And so we, we go round and round in circles, and we've got friends, family, colleagues, people that are chasing their own tail, and, and then they get there, and, and then they start again. But then there's another news, God's news, good news, that does not start with man. Because that's the, and when I say man, it's mankind. It does not start with humans. It starts in himself. It starts with what he accomplished. And we've been reading through that. It starts with him as creator. He is above all. He started all. And that he created mankind to be with him to share life, to, to, to join in and to, to, to have a relationship with. And it's, it's this beautiful picture. But then somewhere along the line, the other news was being believed. And so there was separation. The Bible calls it death. And that separation excluded us from God. And so we go off and the, the dog is chasing its own tail. While God's looking at this and says, this is what I've planned. I've planned you to be part of. To be in this inheritance, in this land, that we can share life. And the only way that you can come from that place of disqualification is if I come in. He said he created, Colossians 1, he created the visible and the invisible. He created the authorities and the dominions. And what Paul is saying is this news is not just about our sensual what's here on earth. He, he acknowledges that this news has got to do with the whole universe. All of it. And that there are many angelic beings and entities and demons and Satan. And, and that's in some ways invisible. 
God and His counsel. And then there's the visible, the earthly, and what we see here. And for God to be just, and for God to be fair, and for God to be righteous, He had to come and display justice. And the only way that that qualification, that of humans being part of His land could take place again is with the shedding of blood. It's the way that the universe was created. It's blood. When, when two come together, there's usually the flow of blood. When there's a birth, there's usually the flow of blood. When there's a taking of life, and I know we can strangle someone or so, but usually in the general sense, there's a flow of blood. The Bible speaks of that life is in the blood. And there's this principle that you see throughout the universe, throughout the Bible, that for life to take place, blood needs to be shed. And for us to experience true life, He had to come, give His life, the blood of Jesus. We were brought back from a place of chasing our own tails to a place of following after Jesus. Brought back into this inheritance that he says. Brought back as his children. And the state of his people, the state of his children are forgiven. They reconciled. They brought back. They are redeemed. They are cleansed. They are, for, um, they are holy. They are with him. And so Paul comes. And he displays and he says, this is the news. This is the news according to which you need to adjust yourself. This is the news that is so good that you frequently need to hear it over and over. Because even as I say it now, even as I hear and there, some of us like, yeah, 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 I know it. But what we need to ask God is, the zip. He says, Lord, open it up. Because we walk out here and something happens between Maybe a spouse or a parent, child or so, and unforgiveness comes in. Or, or, or hardness of heart comes in. And, 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 and we forget that we have been forgiven. We have been cleansed. We have been empowered to live like God wants us to live. We have received another news. Good news. And so there's a, there's a, there's a big question around what news company are you going to listen to? Because you know, when we listen to the news, yes, uh, some of you might have grown up in the 90s, 80s. Ach, ir. It's quiet. You're either in bed or you sit tube still. If you move in front of the TV, something gets thrown at you that will cause you to be quiet. <laughs> no. But I remember, yes, if you, if you visit family or so, it's 8 o'clock, opa, pa, ma, everyone says, shh, shh, you're not allowed to ask a question, you're not, nothing happens within that at least 10 to 15 minutes of the headlines and uh, what the weather is going to be. <laughs> and life was adjusted, life was configured according to that. What was said there determined how we move forward. What is said in these scriptures, what is said as we understand the Bible, what is said by the Holy Spirit, is it determining our lives? And that is what we hear about, people. That is when Jesus is this message. Jesus is the living word that is being proclaimed to us. 
yesterday, today, and forever. And He is longing and He is, in one sense, commanding us to adjust our lives to that. He says, this is the news you believe, not that. Now, I'm not saying all other news is wrong or so. He says, your life is determined by this news. And so Paul comes with that. He says, guys, believe this. Receive this. This is what happened. It happened. What, what has happened is more real than what you have experienced. What you're experiencing now is temporary. What has happened there is eternal. And that should last. Paul was reporting reality. So what is our reality? And what's difficult in a land that we are now, in the world that we are now, is so moved by our senses, what we smell, touch, feel, hear, is that God says, actually, you're, you've been created to live from an invisible, an unseen reality. It plays out, and you can see it manifest, but you need to believe it. And that sometimes seems, oh, this is a bit airy-fairy. This is a bit, it's not concrete enough tell you it's more concrete than what we have now. It's more lasting. It's eternal. And so when I say eternal, it's not just about the time factor. It's about the character of it. The character. The, the eternal things last. Eternal things, it's, it's with God now. And Paul wants us to realize that the work of God, the news of God, the reality of God is eternally. And it's from God's point of view. So he looks at us like this. So each time, you go and go read, each time that Paul wants to speak to a church, Paul wants to write a letter to a church, Paul is going through different things, he comes from that place. He comes from that understanding of God's forgiveness, God's God's kingdom, what God has done in Christ Jesus. He comes from the invisible, in that sense, to the visible. He says, this needs to influence the, vis uh, the visible. Reality needs to influence earthly. And so come, we come to chapter 3. I'm going to briefly go through it. And, and you see here how... He works. He says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. So here's the instruction. Guys, live from the invisible. Not the unreal. It's reality, but it's invisible. It's unseen. But just because it's unseen doesn't make it, um, uh, what's, what's the right word, uh, unreal. It is very, very real. So it says, you have been raised with Christ. This is where God looks at us. And Paul is now saying, guys, I've got news. Um, you know, urgent news. You have been raised with Christ. This is what has happened. I am stating things. I'm a witness of what has happened there in the heavenly land. I'm reporting, you have been raised with Christ. It says, now seek where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above. So he's now saying, okay, guys, have you believed in the gospel? Yes. Are you born again? 
Yes. Do you, are you forgiven? Yes. Do you believe in God as your Father? Yes. Do you believe in God as a son? Yes. Do you believe in God as husband? Yes. Do you believe that one day when you die, you're going to go to heaven? Yes. Now, set your minds on things above. It's an action. So first of all, he spoke about all the things that God did. He's reporting. God saved. God forgave. God sanctified. God redeemed. God did this. God did this. God, I mean, God is such a doing God. He's so full of action. He says, now you have been created in His image. Do. God's action enables us. God's deeds empowers us to do what we need to do. But it's very, 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 very important that you need to know that He first did it. He started it. It, the news, as the world uh, does it, starts with man and ends with man. The news from God's point of view starts with God, ends with God. He's the Alpha and the Omega. And it's that, that concept again, what Cassie mentioned about the, the proton and the electrons and how this God is at the center. Jesus is the center. Everything revolves around Him. And if it doesn't revolve around Him, it goes into... It's bad news. That is bad news. So it says, set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Where? Above. Above. It's difficult for us to sometimes set our minds on things above because we want to have a physical, tangible here. We want to know what is reality. God says, well, you're looking at the wrong place. Above. How do I know what is above? Go look at the Bible. It's, this, it's, it's, it's a description of the above. We have the Holy Spirit. He leads us into the above. That's the Spirit. So he's speaking of the Spirit. He's speaking of everything that's connected with if you have been raised with Christ... So saying, okay, you were dead. Every person that belongs to God was first dead and now alive. You cannot come into the, into the kingdom of God without dying, like Jesus died and being risen, without identifying with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Now he says, whoa, you're alive. Something happened, definitely. It's real, it happened. It's not just a, a thought. It's not just a nice way of stating it. It really happened. Dead and alive to God. He says, now, you've got new nature. You've got a new way. You've been placed into a new country, new landscape, new, new, new language even in that sense. It's like you've got to now learn it. And the way that you learn to live by it is set your mind on things above. Where Christ is. No, but I don't know. The best way that you can do is think about Jesus. Just think, what would Jesus do? If Jesus was you, what would he do? Because that is the beauty where he says, Paul says in Colossians 1, Christ is the image of God made visible. He's the, he's the, he's the exact representation of the invisible God. And that's the beauty of how Jesus comes. I mean, you think of God... You wonder how he looks like? He looks like Jesus. You want to think of how Jesus is? Jesus is like God. 
He is all in one. The Hebrew writer in Hebrews 1 states it like this. In the past, prophets spoke to you. And you had writings. But now, God has spoken to us in His Son, Jesus Christ. And so Paul is forcing us, in a sense. He's, he's pushing a current to us that, that don't go after all the psychological and the medical and the historic and the financial developments and discoveries. Go to Christ. He's not saying they are wrong in the sense that there's not some good stuff there, but he says it all is found in Jesus. If you need to set your mind on, they might affirm what Jesus say, but it's Jesus first. What would Jesus do? Seek it. When I need to look for things, it's because it's not right, it's just right in front of me. Sometimes, I don't look well enough, and it is right in front of me. <laughs> like this morning, we were looking for some stuff, and it's, oh, here it is. But you, there's an action of seeking. There's an action of looking. It is like it's not right in front of you. And guys, you and I need to seek. It's not just going to come to you. We are pushed in this current Google. And Google has become like God to many people. We ask Him for knowledge of everything. We even ask Him where the Scripture in the Bible is. No. Yeah, I know, I know. That's the key word. <laughs> but but we, we are so that we can just know. God wants you and me to seek it out. Find it until we find it. Sure, time flew. Okay, I'll go quickly. Um, set your mind. It's an exercise. He says give, it's an exercise that you need to do. Alright, so you've got to set it frequently, continually. And some of us are so used to just asking Google, ask, do, going other places than God for what we need. It's like set, exercise it. Then it continues. Then he goes on and he says, okay, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. He's, he's, he's telling us the reality. You have died. Now, when Christ is your life appears, then also, uh, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Now we're going to go to the self. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away, anger, Wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. See that you put off the old self. Right, so here Paul gives like a list of practices, of things that the old self does, that the person, that the dog chasing his tail does, that the person in the world does, not the person in the kingdom of God. And he says, guys, the way that you live here is if you are, Raised with Christ. If you are forgiven, if you are reconciled, if you are redeemed, you don't live like this. You've got to put this off. So he's, he's not saying everything is going to be just like that right. And some of you have been born, when you were born again, you were freed from addictions. You were freed from uh, bad language. You were freed from a bunch of different things. 
But you find out that as you start following Jesus, they don't completely go. They come for you again. And you are being tempted to live in this. Pressures of the world. Circumstances. And we come to the place. The devil made me do it. Why do you make me so angry? Why do you do this? Why do you? No, no, no. It's in you, the Bible says there. And you and I have got to put it off. Now this week, we prayed and fasted around this. Eh? It's, Lord, we want to put off what is of the old man. We want to put on. So we acknowledge that these things are here. But we want to acknowledge the reality and the news of God more. And in light of that, we want to put off. A few things that I want to highlight with these, this list, these practices. As you will see that it's primarily the first list is sexual sin and to do with greed. That evil desire, it's um, passion, impurity, covets, all those are connected with, with our sexual relations. Some of it you can see in Romans 1 where Paul writes and he says and, uh, they've started to, to, um, to worship idols and they, they've, uh, they've exchanged their um, relations where they go man with man and woman with woman and it's promiscuity and it's, it's just like the world today. Man doesn't change that much. We might technolo- technology and science, all of that changes somewhat, but we stay the same. Got the same desires, same things. And these sins are sins that, 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 that really war against us. The Bible speaks of sexual sin as sin against your own body, against yourself. Idolatry is sin where we worship, we exchange God's place with something else. And we come... We become what we worship. In the Old Testament, you see, they've become what they've worshipped. And you, you see that. What we give our attention, what we give our time, what we give all of ourselves for, we become like that. It's, it's, it's again, it's one of those mechanisms or be, principles in the universe. It's what we worship, we become like. And God made us in His image, and we are to worship Him and Him alone. And so when we worship another God, we exchange our image for another image. And so it, 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 it dehumanizes us. We war against ourselves. And God says, I've created you to live and to be yourself. But the only place that you can be yourself is in the right relation to me and with one another. And so the first one is that uh, the sexual lust is self-gratification. It's, it's all about self. The, the, the greed, it's all about self. So it paints this picture. Self, you, you're going to edify, gratify, all of that yourself. And at the end of the day, you are by yourself without God. Paul says, put that off. Put it off. Set your mind on things above where Christ is where you find all your gratification in Him, all your, all your sustenance in Him. The second list is sins against one another, you can see it. Anger, slander, lying to one another. 
It's sins that break the community of God. And for us to fully function, for us to be fully ourselves, is we need to be in right relationship with God, and we need to be in right relationship with one another. But if we continue in these practices, we break down our relationship with God, we worship another, and we break down our relationships with one another. Paul is saying, guys, this new life, this full new self that you've been created for, you can only live that if you're in right relationship with God and right relationship with one another. And anything that breaks that down, put it off. Because the world comes with that news. It breaks down. Wars come from selfish ambition. Jealousy. We sit with wars. All those things. You see that the self has got this this thing, if, if, if we ourselves are in the middle, there's a self-sabotaging thing that takes place. a self-destruct button. And we've got history to show us that. <laughs> it just continues. Until we find our place in God. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so Paul wants to declare news of your position, of your place. Your, where you can be yourself, where I can be myself, and that is only in God, like Jesus. We have been created in the likeness of God. That is to be fully human. We have been created for the community of God. It is to be fully human. That's what God comes to restore. Like being human is not bad. Hear me. Being human is how God created us. Sin is what He came to forgive, not humanness. But we say, oh, I'm just human, that's why I sin. No. As God created Adam and Eve, human is to be in relationship with Him. As Jesus became human but never sinned, God wants us to be ourselves in Him. Right relationship with Him. And the, the other news, the bad news comes. Be human. That's bad. Just go on. No. It's to be with God. So how do we put off? A few practical things. Just how I put off. And I want to tell you, I take on a few bad things every now and again. Just by, with that weakness. And it's like, oh, well, but I've got to put off. And that is my journey. That is how I mature. That is how we mature. How we put off is stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> Sometimes the best thing that you can hear is stop it. Something that my sons often hear. <laughs> but stop the bad behavior. Stop the, stop the behavior that is contrary to your identity. Contrary to your. And sometimes we, we justify because of our desire for it that we say, I can't stop it. But it's amazing when the right motivation is there, the right amount of money or the right amount of acknowledgement, the right amount of um, pleasure or so, that you can stop something and do something here. The best example for me always is like you're in a bad fight, you're like probably with spouse, like, ah, and you disagree. Ding, ding. Phone rings. Hello, Ronald. Yeah. yeah. 
And all of a sudden, I've stopped my anger. I've stopped my vile speech. I've stopped everything. And I am a new man. Even unbelievers can do that. <laughs> but we are confronted with this like, no matter how, I can't stop. I can't stop these things. This is the world is saying, but I can't stop. Paul wants to come and say, God did it. And that his deeds enable our deeds. His deeds empowers our deeds. His work is finished so that we can continue to work. And live this. So stop it. Next one is fill yourself. Fill. The way I put my mind, I set my mind on things above, is I fill myself with reading the Scriptures, reading thoughts of heaven. It's inspired writing. These are not just good stories. It is of the Holy Spirit. It's inspired. It shows you how heaven works like. It shows you how God works like. It shows you the desire. It shows you when it doesn't work right and how it should work. This is what you and I need in our minds. By reading these words, we fill our heart with the message of God. It's not that these physical words will get you into heaven. It's the message behind it. It's the person behind it that gets us into heaven. And as we are renewed in our minds, we start to set our minds on things above. I pray it. Pray it. Let it wash over your mind. Confess and repent. The way that I put off bad behaviors, I confess it. It is humiliating. It is frustrating. It is you don't like it. But when you say it, you feel free. Paul says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. I am at times, I am, uh, I, I, I sometimes get quite you know, frustrated with certain thoughts and ideas and insecurities and what all these different things, comparisons and so. And then it's like a cryness in my cup. And then when I have to speak it, it also comes out like a cryness. And I blah, blah, and I'm trying to work out, but confessing that, saying this is where I am, this is what I feel. This other person can say, but Christ has forgiven you can give insight, a brother or a sister can speak the word of truth. And I have put off and I've put on something new. I live more like Jesus. Guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going for the end here. Just hold on a little bit longer. I thought I was going to be shorter. Yes, you can be lucky that it's not, I'm not doing part two as well. No. All right. Share your life. Share your life. When we share our lives, it is like we share our lives with one another and we get to put on. We start to see our others where they have put on where we haven't. And it has good company does good for us. Bad company corrupts. But good company, sharing our lives with other believers, with mature believers, people that are following Jesus, it rubs off on you and it helps you to put on the new nature. Share belongings. The best way for you to not be greedy is to share your belongings. Is to give something away. To give to the pantry. It's like, I feel so greedy. Give it away. No. Give it. That's how you put on. You go in the opposite spirit. I feel so mad. Be happy. No, I can't. It is amazing that you can be happy. 
tell you this morning, as we were worshiping here, and all of a sudden, I love it when we have a few mistakes in, in it. I was like, all of a sudden, you can see Marty is like, no, let's take on. And there she goes. It's like a weapon. Be happy. Now, don't, don't disregard your thoughts or your feelings or so, but don't give them the influence that they want. Give God's news the influence that He wants. So we're not denying it. We're just not giving it power. Give good company. Okay. I'm going to end with this. Got a few things. Matthew 22, verse 22, 22. Yeah. The Pharisees came to Jesus and they spoke to him about the coin. And they said, to, uh, about the taxes. Should we pay taxes? Because he came with a new kingdom. He came with a whole new system of living. That, that we need to be born again. And that we are above. And we, we're beyond this there's earthly things. We, from the invisible, he says the kingdom of God is at hand. And he, he, he just brought in so many new things. So the Pharisees want to trick him. So should we still pay taxes? And maybe some of you are asking. And Jesus goes and he says, whose likeness and inscription is in this? He looked, uh, on this, he looks at the coin. And they say, it's Caesar's. Then he said to him, therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And to God, the things that are God. These works, these practices, the malice, the slander, the idolatry, it's the practices of the world. And what Paul says is put to death. They are death. They bring death. He says put to death that which belongs to death. Render to Caesar what is the inscription on all, all those practices is death. But he says, the one holding the coin, he has another image, another likeness. He's created in the likeness of God. Render to God that which is God. Do you see that? He says, they were holding a coin and looking, what should we do? What should we do? And Paul says, oh, Jesus says, just give it to God. But what is the inscription here? What is the inscription on you? You made in the likeness of God. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now put them all away. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self. The old self where the inscription is to death with its practices. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of after the image of its creator. Put to death. Render to the world those things that are put to death. The evil practices. Give to God what is God's. Yourself. And you can be yourself. The new self. Created in his image. And is being renewed. Amen. And let's bow our heads. Bad news gives us a lie, a sense of reality that we can't get free from. And so we just continue in it because I, I will never get free from. I won't. 
I won't be able to overcome. And God's news is, he says, you don't have to do it in yourself, by yourself. But for you to be yourself, you need to allow me in. You need to do it with me. And so, if God highlighted to you a lie in your heart now, things that you don't want to put off, or that you believe you can't put off, it's the old man. I want you to look that thing in the face. Say, Lord, forgive me for believing the bad news. I believe the good news, the God news. And the God news is centered on God's work, God's ability, God's power. And right there where you are, let it go. Put it to death. You've got this moment right in front of you now. Put it to death. Don't think of how you're going to take it up later on probably again or next week. Or don't think about that right now. Think of your moment right now. Faith. Put to death. And ask God for the strength that when you need to put it to death again, that you do it again. That you work with the moment you have with you, in front of you right now. Just Jesus now. If you need to repent, if you need to confess, just bring it before him now. That thing belongs to death. Give to death what belongs to death. And give yourself to God. Because you belong to God. Oh Lord, I pray just for your power. Pray for your, your word to just bring faith in this moment. In every heart. Strengthen each heart. In the name of Jesus. Bless them, Lord. Amen.